0: Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Well, hey guys, I guess we're back with another episode of The Trash Heap. You thought it was impossible, but here we
0: are, making miracles, one episode at a time. It's me, Elliot, again, and sitting next to me is Keith Vance. That's me, hello. Uh, we got a show to do. We've got quite a show to do. Something you never thought we would do. Everyone doubted us. All the haters buried us and said we couldn't do it. But here it is. Tell them,
1: Elliot. Uh, we're going to do a DVD commentary for Surviving the Game. The 1993? Four. Uh, movie with Ice-T hunt- as a homeless man being hunted in the woods by Rutger Hauer. Uh, Charles S. Dunton, John C. McGinley, Gary Busey, and F. Murray Abraham. That's right. The most expensive
0: conceptual solution to the plight of the homeless ever put to film. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, so we're going to do a commentary. We're going to watch the movie. We're going to talk along to it. We haven't done this before. Not At least not when we recorded it. Um, and if you want, you can queue up the movie while you're listening to this episode. Yes, we've paused it
0: in the midst of the New Line logo animation. So if you can line up the film strips at about, what's that,
1: 35 degrees? 35 degrees, yes. I would, I would say that is accurate. Except for there's one, there's one to the left and one to the right, <laughs> tinier ones, that are both... At almost 90 degree angles, but not Slightly quite. Slightly askew. I would say
0: like 80, 80, 85 degrees. So cue it up mid-animation and
1: uh, we'll get this thing going. We'll see what it's like. Uh, you Also, if you don't want to watch Surviving the Game or you don't have it, you can still listen to it. We're just going to be talking. It's going to be similar to a regular episode. We're just going to be watching a movie while we do it. It's going to be great. I promise. Now, Keith, I think there was something you wanted to say specifically about Surviving the Game uh, before we started. About that thing, it's it's a really
0: good movie, and and that everyone should like it. And that website, and yeah, the website uh, you want to talk about. Love movies, yeah. So the reason we're talking about this movie, and the reason we talk about any movie, is because of a little opinion aggregation site called Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Now, I love tomatoes, but obviously, Rotten Tomatoes are not as good, so. In my mind, I'm wondering, why would we turn to Rotten Fruit for quality film criticism? Agreed. I, don't, I have no idea. But I can tell you that Surviving the Game is currently sitting at 27% on mm-hmm. the tomato meter.
1: What the fuck does that mean? I mean, there's like tomatoes. And they only have 27 of them. I
0: have no idea what that means. Out of 100
1: tomatoes. The audience
0: score, which has a graphic of a spilled popcorn bucket for some reason, is sitting higher. And that's 47%. And now that says
1: 47% liked it. So, but that is at 47 pieces of popcorn out of 100? I guess so. Tomatoes are bigger than popcorn. Right. So what is the
0: criteria here? It's very confusing. None of it makes sense. It all sounds disgusting and i get fired up about these opinions because if you think a movie looks cool you should just make up your own mind and not listen to a bunch of discarded food items but 47 percent, that's bullcrap this is one of the best action movies of the 90s loaded with some of the best character actors of all time so we're gonna watch it we're gonna explain to you why it's awesome
1: and hopefully you're watching along. Yeah, I mean, I think regardless if you're using tomatoes or popcorn popcorn as your judging criteria, it deserves more than 27 or 47% of whatever your food group uh, judging cr- criterion is. That's right. Don't listen to the frigging
0: back alley dumpster at Whole Foods. Listen to us.
1: We are the dumpster. A, a different kind of dumpster. <laughs> All right. So I guess we should get started. Yep, we're okay. about to hit the the old play I'll button. Hit here. play, and here we go. So we got the New Line's, uh Cinema logo. New Line Cinema,
0: the house that Freddy built.
1: You know, I can remember the first time I saw the New Line Cinema logo, and it was in the theater for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, yeah. th- the first movie. I remember really specific. I mean, maybe I'd seen it like on like some like cable network or something, but like. it was always ominous. And it was always exciting. Right. It, it wasn't necessarily the first time I saw a movie from New Line Cinema. Right. But it was definitely Oh, that's that's the uh, that's the logo for and I, it's always associated with Ninja Turtles now. Oh yeah. Which is a great movie. Ice tea, Ricker Howard at Top Billing,
0: Charles S. Dutton, John C. McGinley. Incredible. Who's this guy? He's this guy in a pink shirt working in a restaurant. Dumping in some garbage. I like his floppy hairdo. Look at this back alley. This is exactly what we were talking about.
1: Oh, dude, you didn't even see Ice-T in that scene. So Ice-T's in the alley. They dump the garbage in the alley. Ice-T is so homeless. He's camouflaged. Lady. He looks... He just emerges out of the garbage like the predator. Yeah, he's like a walking uh, trash was, heap. That was actually fucking awesome. A walking trash heap. That is interesting. What do you, uh, what do you think of... Uh, Ice-T as an actor. I think
0: Ice-T is awesome. I do too. I think... You he's know, got a presence. He's got a look. He's got a swagger
1: about him. I think, like, uh... I really like him. And I think he's been on... What's that pervert show for so long? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Law and Order's special victims unit. He's been on that for so long. And, uh... He doesn't. Hasn't really done anything else significant. While on that oh, yeah, show. that
0: reality show, Ice T
1: and Coco. Well, I meant like his, I meant like in terms of like acting roles. That's you know? true. He hasn't done anything else that significant, and I mean in that in that show, like he kind of just does the same thing over. I mean, even like I don't know, you know, John Mulaney that stand up. Yes. He has a bit about about it, about how every time he loves the show, but every time he watches it, it appears at Ice-T, it's his first day on the job. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't know what a sex crime is. Yes. Where he's like, he's like, you tell me this guy gets off on little girls with pigtails? Yeah, it makes you wonder what he's doing the rest of the time when you're not watching yeah. him. Like, I mean, I think though, I mean, so like he's been doing that for so long and that kind of role is like, I love that show, but it's 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 ridiculous and it's, it's awesome and it's hilarious. But they, it's... It's, it, he can only do so much in there whereas in a lot of these other movies and stuff I think he kind of like shines uh shines I mean like New Jack City like, I think that was one of his first big roles which that movie is kind of ridiculous it kind of walks this weird line between like a 70s style exploitation movie and a serious like we gotta we gotta fix up the drug and gang problem movie yes and he plays an undercover cop in that and he's actually really good at it So, his his dog just got run over. Yeah, there
0: there are these parallel shots of uh, what we can assume is another homeless person being hunted, intercut with Ice T chasing his dog, and then facing off with a cab driver who
1: who just ran over the dog. This is also the plot of this movie: is rich people who hunt the homeless for sport in the woods. Honestly, it is summertime.
0: Job opportunities are everywhere if you really want to take advantage of those unique opportunities you just gotta be willing to to pay the price and Mm -hmm. I think ice ice tea is
1: well then I mean we'll find out later that they really don't tell they tell him they have a job for him but they don't tell him that it's being hunted until they're actually hunting him well he's got nothing else going on that's true
0: where on earth is this that he's burying the dog is this some kind of or we don't understand some kind of a junkyard I think it's
1: the same junkyard I was going to say it's the same junkyard from the sandlot, but that's just somebody's backyard that's not actually a junkyard. Is there a, Oh, no, there's the flashback scene. Yeah, there's the a junkyard. Ju- yeah, yeah. there's a junkyard. It's... Yeah, so I stand by original, my original statement. It's the same junkyard from the sandlot. That old man there is Squint's grandpa. Um. The dog... The, this dog is wrapped up in
0: a, a, blanket. a couple blankets and is literally the size of a teenager. Well...
1: You mean you know, he might have been killing two boards with one stone. Could have been more you know, he can't afford two blankets. There may not have been there may have been a dog and a kid in there. The The imagery of this movie is already grabbing
0: me. It's a lot of like dramatically lit back alleys, it's a lot of trash related iconography, which I can relate to. I love trash and trash
1: related Mm -hmm. visuals. Who directed this movie? Uh, Ernest R. Dickinson Dickinson who is they just found a, a gun, gun in, in the, a barrel in the garbage in a trap dumpster no, uh, Ernest R. Dickinson,
0: <laughs> Dickinson R. Dickerson. Ice-T's homeless friend is explaining to him what a gun does because <laughs> he seems confused <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah Ernest R. Dickerson. he was he was Spike Lee, cinematographer on a lot of his movies, Malcolm X, uh, Do the Right Thing, and he also directed a bunch of action and horror movies in the in the yeah. mid '90s. Yes, D- this Demon Night, Tales, Tales from, from the, the Crib, Crib Demon, Demon Night, incredible, seminal uh, horror film from the '90s. Uh, Tales from the Hood, uh, Bones, sorry, Snoop Dogg. The made-for-TV movie *Future Sport*, starring Dean Cain and Wesley Snipes. 1992's *Juice*. Juice, yeah, with a uh, Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Pretty good lineup. Not bad
0: at all. Yeah, he's a great guy. Really appreciate what he's brought to the table.
1: He does a lot of TV now. I know he like walk- a lot of episodes of *The Walking Dead*.
0: This movie looks like it has a similar sort of look to uh, *Terminator 2*. It does, yeah. Like, the, the less, like a the lot lighting. of the lighting and the color palette and silhouette. It's, it's more, It's like more
1: contained. It's not like a... It's always shot in a more narrow aspect
0: ratio. Oh, for sure. Yeah, then there's a lot more snug camera work. Uh, less kind of wide shots that James Cameron used So by. what's Man, it's hap- a
1: good-looking movie. What's happening right now is Ice-T uh, was broken into a, like a slaughterhouse or something and stole a whole cow and... Uh, and now he's being beat up by is that a security guard—a security guard yeah. or a cop who's wearing sunglasses at night. Yeah, a fascist security so guard. He so he's, without question, the coolest of the security guards working. He's he's
0: pulling that bit where you act really crazy in order to intimidate someone. Mm-hmm. That way, you don't have to get into a violent altercation. He's doing a good job at it. Yeah, too. you can you can already tell that his character is a man of peace even though he's he's physically capable of dispatching just about anybody he's full of compassion for his elderly friend and his dog and he doesn't want to hurt this ding dingleberry fucking security guard what a guy
1: now it looks like someone's watching him from the alley it's clearly the silhouette of Charles S. Dutton yeah now they're cooking the entire cow that
0: there's no way they're not getting poisoned to death. From the cow? Yeah, you couldn't build a fire big enough to c- thoroughly cook that
1: piece of beef. Sure you can. Look at all those fucking trash cans. It's, it's, it's the size of a whale. Yeah, but I mean, if like you have multiple trash cans, they're not. Fire. Close look at that! Together. Look at that! Look at that system! Oh, that's a some kind of grocery cart fire. They got a They got a grocery cart. They're using that as the grill. They got the fire underneath it. This is very. Uh, this ingenious. Yeah. Really, I bet you. Ice-T is going to use some of these uh, skills these building things out of nothing skills later yeah in, it feels in, like it's going to come in handy wait, the when these survival skills inscri- you know, this is called foreshadowing in order to
0: survive the game if you will he'll employ this skill set can you turn on closed captions?
1: yes cool. turning on the closed captions I paused it so if you're watching this, there's going to be uh, along with us. There's going to be a small. how's the fucking closed caption? The I, the idea was actually that you just quietly do it while. No, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, and you. I'm going to talk about it. So there's going to be it. these are great looking captions. There's like. going to be a point zero two second delay now. Yeah. From the rest of things, so you're, we're constantly going to be one, one fraction of a second essentially behind. Essentially, one one human blink behind on yeah. the film. So. So I mean, I guess this whole thing's just fucked now.
0: He, Ice-T comes off so likable Yeah. Like, imagine how many action movies you've seen where immediately the protagonist is just an asshole and not in like a cocky sort of uh, admirable way like oh I wish I could be that slick it's more like just unlikable no redeeming qualities but right out of the gate he is the poorest, dirtiest man you've ever seen, but I would go visit him every day. Sure would. Also, like, have you seen the movie? Uh, God T- still constipated that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a all-time. Who wrote that?
1: <laughs> I don't know who wrote the screenplay, but that is. I think Ice-T probably just winged it right on the fly
0: there. Yeah, I feel like he would be an improv kind of guy. If, if you were on set, uh, he'd be willing to
1: try some. Pretty wild takes. I mean, speaking of him being likable, though, I mean, like, have you seen that movie, uh, Trespass? Yes. He's the villain in that movie, and he is by far the most likable, sympathetic, reasonable, um, just, like, kind of pleasant-to-be-around character in the entire thing. Oh, yeah, he's making a case <laughs> against, uh, who's it, Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton and that other dude who's in all the, uh... Uh, it's another Bill. He's, uh, he's in all the fucking, uh... Frank Darabont movies he's the in in Demon Knight he's the he's the demon hunter from the beginning yep or from the whole movie actually until the very end I forget what his name is uh oh Ice-T's best friend it's uh William Sadler William Sadler yeah he's
0: also uh in the
1: second episode of Tales from the Crypt who's uh, a genre veteran uh, Ice-T's best friend just died
0: yeah the old man the pleasant old man who explained to us all what a gun is and what it does is now dead so now Ice-T's best friend and his dog is dead he's got nobody
1: hey, wait. I only help you. Charles S. Dutton wants to help he's now Ice-T's gonna throw himself in front of the traffic because he doesn't have anything to live for right? isn't that what no, happens? no he needs a ride I feel like this is. Okay, no, we already know that Charles S. Dunham was following him. Yeah, looked, you could see the silhouette of the right, face. Right, I was just like, he's he seems to be putting way too much effort into making sure I see get some lunch right now. When he had a whole line of people waiting for lunch. Oh, yeah, but those people aren't going to serve
0: themselves. That is not how a food line works.
1: a truck he's gonna throw himself in front of it
0: little does Charles S. Dutton know that his great 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 grandson is gonna become a murderer and a rapist of women and eventually end up in a foundry based space prison at the ass end of the universe talking about Alien 3? I'm talking about
1: Alien 3 all roads lead to Alien 3 is not he also like a priest though in that movie, or he becomes a priest?
0: Oh yeah, he definitely finds God at the ass end of space, as they say. But um, is he worship? That doesn't change
1: who he is. Is he worshiping the Xenomorph? No, one hundred percent not. That would be pretty sweet if he was. Yeah. Did you know think Charles has said, "Isn't he a murderer in real life too?"
0: I don't believe so. I think, I he... think
1: he's actually a uh, a football
0: coach. No, I think he, I think he killed somebody when he was like when he was a kid. Oh, I mean, it's probably an
1: accident. No, I think he he stabbed him to death. It was probably an accidental stabbing. I I think he learned to act in prison when he went there for stabbing somebody to death. I
0: think it was an accidental performance. I'm going to look this up. Good, and while you're doing that, it's time for us, once again, to check in and see
1: how many days it's been since Elliot has seen Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant? You said has seen. That would imply that I've seen it once, but I haven't seen it at all. That's correct. how many days it say it again?
0: It's time, once again, for us to check in and see how many days it's been since Elliot hasn't seen Alien Covenant. Uh 576. Incredible. Tune in next time when we find out how many days it's been since Elliot hasn't seen Alien Covenant. It's an incredible exercise. Oh, maybe to look I made on. this up about him being Probably. a murderer. Well, I see he's getting an offer he can't refuse. My dad told me. What's us? his business card? Hold on. So here's what happens. Their business card, whatever their their organization is, it literally has an image of the devil
1: on it. That is not subtle. So when I this is what happens. I googled. Charles S. Dutton Murder. And this is the first... It shows his murder? This is the first thing that pops up, you know, when Google gives you, like, quotes about something that's supposed to answer your questions. This is what it says in quotes. This doesn't mean he is gay or not interested in women. He has a wonderful net worth of $9 million. More about him, his pictures, his family, and his buyer if he can be found in the wiki. I see... <laughs> Why would, <laughs> this doesn't mean he is gay or not interested in women? Uh, let's see. I want to look up Mer- Charles. That's done in jail. Maybe he went to jail for something else. My dad told me it was murder when I was a kid.
0: All I can tell you is the internet is a terrible place.
1: Okay, so he had a short-lived stint as a boxer. When he was 17, he got in a fight, which resulted in the death of a man Dunn claimed had attacked him. Dunn was convicted of manslaughter and spent seven years in prison. Wow. That is a long
0: time to accidentally punch
1: someone too hard. Yeah. So there we go. He did go to jail for murder or manslaughter. There's no stabbing. That is quite the haircut. There
0: is more sort of satanic imagery right here. Look at this sculpture. Implying that Rutger Hauer somehow
1: could be the devil. Isn't Rutger Hauer himself just satanic imagery? Just his very being?
0: Okay, so that's an interesting point. But look at both Ice-T and Rutger Hauer. Am I crazy in thinking that they, their looks were both modeled after Jungle cats? Elaborate. Well, look, they both have these manes. Of Uh hair, like, huge flowing manes of hair. Yeah. And then also facial hair, and, like, they're both steely-eyed.
1: I definitely think that they're probably... It's like, like, one's a jaguar, and one's a lion, or... Jaguar, I mean, jaguars don't have manes. Jaguar. No, they don't. I mean, maybe it's just, like, you know, homeless homeless lion versus (laughs) rich lion. I would say that, regardless if it was specifically uh, modeled after, like some sort of feline predator or not they are it would appear that they are going for like opposite ends of the same you know, yeah, design yeah you definitely know? like they both have a long hair they both have the beard but Redditor Howard's is very well kept and trimmed and perfect the opening scene where we first see him he's uh, actually clipping his fingernails keeping them sharp and ready you know uh, whereas Ice-T's homeless and is just it's just all loose and he, he, he's still fairly well kept, um,
0: despite like his tattered clothes. Like, oh, everything yeah. else is like not well, too it's, bad the movie, you know. Um, now, yeah, despite being a heavy, heavy cigarette smoker, I see his character just managed to run for about two and a half days, it seems, based on all those cuts.
1: <laughs> those cuts have montage. Look! What, look at that! Where that parrot come
0: from? Yeah, now oh. is a red parrot. Is is a red parrot satanic imagery? Uh,
1: if it's being held by Rudger Howard, without question, it is now. So this is kind of in a long line of movies about man hunting man. Yeah, this was
0: especially big in the 90s, hunting poor people for sport. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, not an exactly a subtle metaphor.
1: I mean, no, no. I mean, th- this specific hunting poor people for sport was big in the 90s, but the kind, like the, the uh, the type of movie where it's just like hunting, you know, the, the most dangerous game. Human yes. versus human, which is the name of the movie that kind of kicked it off which was yeah, the, most that's, the game. that's the yeah one of the oldest movies came out in like the in the, 30s, six, yeah, yes. the wow. 30s it was the same uh, people who made uh, it was the, their follow up to King Kong oh wow they made King Kong and then they made uh, the most the most dangerous game which is about well karmically speaking that
0: was the right move because if you're going to make <laughs> what did he buy from the supermarket it looked like
1: it looked like a, a piece of raw fish inside of a hoagie roll Wow, Ice Teeth just took out his shirt, and it
0: looks exactly like that plastered wall. It does, yeah. I I can't tell if those are burns. They're burns. They're burns. They're
1: burns. burns. They talk about later about how his family died in a fire, and that's how he became homeless. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched
0: this in a long time, actually. Now, so he went to the store with the the money. Mm -hmm. He just. Got he's cutting his dreads off with a razor
1: blade instead of scissors. Mm-hmm. And he's not cutting them off completely; he's just trimming them. So with the yeah. sto- so with the twenty dollars he got that Rudger Howard gave him twenty dollars for running on a treadmill for two days. That was just twenty bucks. I think it was twenty bucks, and he was able to go to the store. I mean, I know this was the early nineties, but he got food and yeah, he got like a sandwich on a hoagie, a bottle of wine, and a hotel room. And it's not a nice hotel room, but it still is a hotel room. I think they put him up in the in the hotel. No, he show he pays him. when oh. he comes in. Um, but yeah, the most dangerous game that it actually kind of starts out s- somewhat similar to King Kong where there's a ship ends up in a strange island in the middle of the ocean. This one I mean, like kind of like crash, like shipwrecks. It doesn't uh, they're not actually seeking it out, but instead of there being a giant gorilla, there's a strange uh millionaire who, you know, I'm assuming rich dude who lives in a castle, who then decides to hunt all of the other uh, one who crashed. And you find out that he actually causes the the uh, the shipwrecks. So he has people to oh, hunt. Oh, interesting. Um, but I think... Why do you think these... this is basically the plot of
0: uh, Alien versus Predator?
1: But, yeah, it is. Kind of, <laughs> it is exactly the plot. <laughs> but, I mean, so you have that, you have... Uh, in the '60s, you have the Naked Prey, uh, this um, Hard Target, uh, Battle Royale, Hunger Games. All these movies and store stories just about predator to a certain extent. Even though it's an alien hunting yeah. humans, it's a not, human.
0: Not too many bad entries in the in the subgenre of hunting people for
1: sport. Why do you think
0: these are so popular? I mean, who among us hasn't thought about hunting their friends and family and? Strangers on the street. That's true. To, for to get their own job. I mean, I
1: think I think they kind of uh, to me when I want. I think they have tap into something like incredibly primal. And you know, all and not, and it's not to me. I don't think it's the the primal urge to hunt people. I think it's I think there's a primal fear of being hunted. I would agree with that. You know, I mean, like it's it's relatively recent in our in our in our human history, where, you know being hunt you know going out in the woods and being stalked by something that might want to eat you uh that's that's relatively recent where that's not a, a genuine daily day concern yeah like as we
0: move further and further away yeah. from our primitive roots I think that's that's definitely a natural
1: I think it's I think it's a ing- fear that would develop I think it's ingrained in our DNA you know whether we realize it or not that yeah there the the, the, the a fear of being stalked and preyed upon, and then if you're being stalked and preyed upon by something as smart as you, and with the same abilities as you, you know, I
0: mean, I could almost crave that kind of attention. Honestly, sometimes like you just want. Sometimes to... it's just an ego boost to know that <laughs> you're you're a trophy to somebody. Like, like they really want me. Yeah. Do you want me to hunt you? They think I look good on their uh, on their mantle or in their trophy room. Hey, that's uh, that's very sweet.
1: We go to the woods. I'm going to go to the Point Defiance Park right now. I can hunt you if you wanted. Nah. Are you sure? Yeah, it's not as not as exciting if I can see you coming. Well, I'm going to give you a head start. Yeah. That's what they do in this. They take them out to the woods. They're like, hey, man, we're going to hunt you. And then they, they cut them loose. Oh, would you consider uh, that movie The Hunted
0: with... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro. Because I mean, essentially, that movie is like *The Fugitive*, where it's one big chase sequence, but it's not necessarily. I mean, they're hunting each other. It's, it's literally it, called the hunting. It's a
1: little different, you know. I mean, I feel like uh, it's, uh, it's definitely there's definitely similar aspects of it, but it's it's a different concept than just like this this game of just like hey you're you know I mean like yeah this is this is the randomness of. Even though they planned this and they recruited him and stuff, he doesn't know what's going on. So it's the randomness of, like, oh, I'm going to be... I'm being hunted for sport now. Whereas, like, the same thing. If you go out into the woods and all of a sudden you get, start getting stalked by a pack of wolves, that's... Ran- that, there's a, a random factor to this. Whereas in movies like The Hunted or Rambo, there's always an, uh, an inciting incident. Oh, sure. You know? I mean, in Hunted, like, dude, uh, B.C. Toro's character... Has gone crazy, is killing people, so they have someone hunt him. Hunting him. Uh, the
0: fugitive, but not for a trophy. There's no sort of no sportsmanship. You know, but it's to also it.
1: like it's like you can see, you can see this you can see this coming beforehand. You know, in the fugitive, you know, like uh, Harrison Ford's character is innocent of a crime, but he's still convicted of it, and he's escaping from prison. He knows, you know, from the moment he's escaping that. He's going to be pursued. Yes. And it's not pers- And the and the the he's being pursued in a different fashion. It's yes. not like, okay, you're out in the woods. We're gonna give you head start. You know, I think. Well, if you were the, uh, the, the subject of pursuit, either way it would be stressful or scary. Wow. It's a different concept.
0: You know. Let's everybody welcome Mr. Burns to. Uh, to the cabin, Charles Montgomery Burns. What?
1: <laughs> you talking about F. F. Marie yes. Abraham? <laughs> looking like a yeah,
0: young Charles Burns. And Gary Busey has arrived, literally salivating. Yeah. At the thought of hunting iced tea, looking like a great white
1: shark. Yeah, this really is a great, a great cast, particularly of like. 90s actors who a lot a lot of them did I mean I think half of these actors were Oscar nominated for something oh yeah but they never really achieved like uh huge status no but you know? de- but they're
0: even though they didn't necessarily have marketability they are here yeah just being the backbone and carrying these these kinds of movies yeah
1: and it's just like yeah this is the who's who of uh <laughs> Of second, well, they're serving a pig's head the for pig, dinner.
0: I, that pig just
1: winked at me. <laughs> now it's this is what's crazy to me. It's just like everyone. It's a whole pig's head is being served as the meal, and no yeah, one. What did they do with the body? I don't know. And actually, you know, this is while well, this really has nothing to do with the movie. Pig's head is delicious, like huh. head cheese or or something. It's really good. But what is John C. McGinley's freaking
0: problem, dude? He is staring... Staring... At ice tea like he's going to carve up his skull. I think we're going to find out. He's got a real problem, I think. Um, But yeah, it's very strange that they would just eat the head
1: and then... Immediately ask for carrots. It's not. It's not. It's not even weird that they just eating the head. It's weird that no one says like, "Hey, we're just eating the head." Ice T never questions this. He's never like, you know, there was a whole lot of pig there. Like, why are we just eating the head? You know, he's just like, cool, <laughs> cool. He's not like, aren't you guys millionaires? Like, I eat pigs' heads because that's all I can afford. But you guys are super rich. You can eat whatever part of the pig you want, and th- this never comes into comes into question now, gary Busey just revealed that he is a
0: psychologist right and everyone here works for the cia everyone works for the cia maybe not everybody but a majority of folks i think so are we to understand that this is some kind of radical therapy maybe i think
1: well they kind of talk about cathartic cathart- as being cathartic and like f marie abraham's kid he's talking to his because he brings his son along who's just some yes, you know, like young yuppie some goofball pretty boy who later on will perfect hair will be like this is sick you guys why like, are you I'm doing
0: God this I'm I don't want to kill
1: anybody but he was like I want you to see what kind of man you can be yeah. you know so there obviously is something like that you know there's things like, uh, like Gary Busey's character being a therapist have you ever like talked to someone like who is a therapist not in a professional context but just like oh hey I'm talking to you I know who you... Like, you're just a therapist that I know. You're not my therapist. I don't believe so. They are all fucking insane. None of them have their shit together. I mean, they have to be, though. I don't I, know. I would
0: imagine. Because you couldn't possibly hold all your shit together. Well... And also help other yeah, people.
1: When I've talked to them, they seem to be the least, like, socially adjusted people I've ever met. Yeah, they so, either have
0: to be completely detached from mm-hmm. their emotions or, um, you know... All in on their mm-hmm.
1: their clients. Uh, so so it's not it's not surprising to me at all that if Gary Busey's character is a psychologist, that in his spare time he would hunt other human beings for sport and then make some sort of rationalization out of it about why it's the right thing to do. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so far, Ice T has been portrayed as this
0: very street smart yeah character, but all of a sudden he's confused at how much a bottle of wine costs. right. I don't I don't think so. I don't, I don't really buy that. And Gary Busey cannot stop playing with this severed pig's head. He's obsessed with
1: it. He's telling ice ice tea to look into his eyes of the pig's head. I thought if you eat the heart of your prey.
0: You devour their soul, but he's saying all you have to do is look into its eyes while you kill no, it. No, he's saying
1: that's that's the window to their soul. That's mm. that's that's the that's the entryway, exit entryway. You cut out those eyeballs, soul just zips out. <laughs> it's gone.
0: This kid, this son of whomever, is so terrified.
1: That he was afraid of a feather. hmm He's not gonna he's not gonna do well in the in the hunting of humans.
0: Meanwhile, Gary Busey is offering a man a pack of cigarettes and making that so compelling that I was yeah. had to stop there. You
1: got something to say, we just say you ever see the star trek movie where f murray abraham plays like the alien villain and he comes from an alien race is obsessed with giving facelifts facelifts like everyone every alien in the race has had a million facelifts and their heads are just like stretched back and stapled to the back of their head with giant staples i hate star
0: trek so much that everything you're saying is this just... But do you hate
1: F. Murray hey, <laughs> <Mary> Abraham? No, <laughs> no he, he played
0: practice. Yeah, John Practice in
1: Last Action here. Yeah. I love F. Murray Abraham. That's, he also
0: killed Mozart. That's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying it would seem to me like regardless of how much you ha- hate or don't hate Star Trek, the very presence of F. Murray Abraham being a, being an alien addicted to facelifts would compel you to watch it. Uh, Perhaps. It's that movie is really bad. That's like probably one of the worst Star Trek. You
0: misunder you underestimate how fucking much I hate Star Trek. Is, is Gary Busey
1: asking Icy to kiss him on the cheek? Because that's Yes. That is I couldn't hear what they were saying, but when he was doing that little motion with his hand tapping his face, that's that's the way like my grandmother goes when she wants me to ki- wanted me to kiss her as a kid. Yes. That's, I think I That's think. actually not true. My grandmother didn't do that, but I somebody's grandma did, and I saw it in movies.
0: I honestly don't think that having people kiss his face scar is uh, an impossibility. But we're now right in the thick of the Prince Henry Stout story, which is, it's criminal that Gary Busey was not nominated for an Academy Award
1: literally for this scene. I almost feel like we should stop talking for this so people can just listen to it, but at the same token... If no one's watching the movie along and we just stop talking, then we have like two minutes of yeah silence. And you know what I would do if there's two minutes of silence in a podcast? I was listening. Yeah, just shut it just off. Just shut it off, and then
0: go out into the woods and kill a bulldog. Yeah.
1: Please don't do that. Yeah, don't do
0: it. This is an incredible story, and and paints this character in such an interesting light. But honestly, if you kill a bulldog with your bare hands, you are a sack of shit. Yeah. And you know, you can come face me on the field of combat if you really need to exercise whatever demons you've got inside of you, but just leave the bulldogs alone please. Well,
1: really, Realistically speaking though, Keith, do you want to fight anyone who's capable of killing a bulldog with their hands? Yes. 13
0: hmm. year old children, grown men, women, have you ever robots? Fought,
1: have you ever fought anyone who's killed a bulldog with their hands? No, I've never been in a fight. Do you think you could beat a bulldog in a fight? I've never, I've never assaulted an animal out of anger. I understand that. never hurt anyone? I'm in a hypothetical situation, you're walking down the street, you're minding your own business. Um, some bulldog starts like giving you the evil eye, right? Starts talking about your lady in an unfavorable fashion starts calling your mama names, that dog, bulldog attacks you, do you think you could
0: beat the bulldog in a in a fight? Well, here's the thing. If it starts to go down on the street, I don't back down until it's done. But... I'm not saying you would. Because of my immense frontal lobe and my massive pulsating human brain, I'm pretty sure I could outthink that dog without having to straight up murder it.
1: So you would... uh you would use your wits. Yes. It's take like a game of chess with the dog. And then,
0: if all else fails, I will use my giant human head to headbutt the dog into unconsciousness. Okay, so... He might wake up with a headache, or she might
1: wake up with a headache, but...
0: I don't think you have to kill the bulldog.
1: I don't say kill the bulldog. I never said kill the bulldog. I just said, could you beat the bulldog in a fight? The bulldog attacks you. Uh, here's the scenario I'm going to paint. If a bulldog texts me, I'm going to just say, what up? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, do- the bulldog's coming at you. Hit him with that winky face emoji.
1: The bulldog's coming at you. He bites your penis. You're going to outsmart the dog. What do you do? He, his, his jaws are clamped to your penis right now. Oh, I disagree. You disagree? That's yeah, a- I disagree. You that didn't, that didn't
0: disagree with that? You're You're <laughs> grossly overestimating how far out my genitals protrude as if they are somehow easy to lock your jaws onto if you're any kind of animal. So
1: the bulldog is biting... A squirrel would have a much better chance. (laughs) The bulldog is biting the surrounding flesh that encases... Your genitals in a gooey, uh, doughy—that's perfect. I'm uh, trying to, I'm trying to
0: trim that interior thigh fat. So. Okay,
1: but all right. I like where the bulldog's head
0: is at. This is very helpful. Okay. Look at this. This looks like a Renaissance painting. It does. Who lit
1: this? Probably Ernest Dickers, and he was a cinematographer before. Incredible. Before, uh, before directing this movie.
0: He's like, okay, dummies, light goes here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay bulldog comes at you from behind goes for the neck what do you do? Wear it like a backpack these are not I really hope a dog never tries to attack Keith because your maneuvers for outsmarting a dog will I assure you result in your death. Okay Mr. Dog Fighting expert
0: how many tournaments of dog fighting have you been in? Uh, actually I have
1: defeated a dog that tried to attack me and it was a big dog.
0: I'd like to play a game. I'd like to play a game.
1: Who wrote Saw? Uh, who wrote Saw? Uh, what the fuck? Uh, James Wan and Leigh Whannell.
0: They literally stole that catchphrase from this movie. Incredible. There are no original
1: ideas. So in, in this scene, Rudger Hauer and Charles S. are essentially the bulldogs to your... And Keith and uh, and I see is you Keith Vance, and right. He, and he's using his head. He's using his head, but he's also that They are clearly overtaking. But him. there's also two
0: bulldogs, and one of them is holding a gun. Yeah, I I I guarantee you, if I ever encounter a bulldog holding a gun properly, mm-hmm. I will surrender. <laughs> it's like whatever you want. There's no uh, overcoming that.
1: It's, it's funny that they didn't even, like, tell F. Murray Abraham's son, like, hey, we're about to hunt this guy and kill him. I was like, I feel like even if the kid was into it, there's, there had there would have to be, like, a long explanation. Even if the kid was like, this is tight, what's yeah. going on? And they have to be like, well, son, for the last 20 years. But he
0: was here, yeah, sight unseen, no explanation. It seems very
1: uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, in comparison to this movie... Wait a second, Dad. We won't hunt
0: him, will we? They literally just got done explaining that, yes, we are going to hunt him. He's a homeless piece of shit. He's nothing. Fuck
1: that. This, he, what a nice kid. I mean, I bet you this kid is not that nice, but in comparison well, to yeah. the other one, you know... He's got his limits. I've, I bet if we had a movie based on his life, he would definitely be, like, the villain sure. in, in a... In like a college movie from the eighties. Yeah, know? he's definitely like a like a James Spader, he's, Zach Morris type. He's the bad guy at the ski resort. Yes. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. So so this movie came out 94. 94. What year did a Hard Target come? Ninety three. What? So very very similar. I mean, essentially the exact same plot: homeless man being hunted homeless people in general being hunted by rich... Well, I would argue that, um... There's more of a mystery plot of, like, solving the crime in, uh, in Hard Target. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme is... seems a little bit
0: in a better position financially. He's squatting in some kind of, like... Right. ...fashionable, like, French loft, and he's got doves everywhere, and his clothes are clean, he's got a gel in his hair like Jones non-stop
1: hair. and in the first scene he does go to a restaurant now we don't know if someone had made him run for two days on a treadmill to get the money to go to that restaurant yeah he was in incredible shape right off the bat but we just, didn't even need a haircut we did we we're never told that he was so i mean we just have to assume that he had the money somehow that wasn't running on a treadmill yes uh but okay, so these two movies come out around the same time. Well, I think Lance Hendrickson is also visibly richer. Oh yeah, he's like a Well, he Lance Hendrickson's character is that he organizes the hunts for the rich people. So the rich the millionaires are just paying him. Yes. So by by default he is he is the ultimate millionaire because he has the money of all the millionaires. Well, so while they have very similar plots they are very different movies in terms of tone the type of action you know yeah the are. sort
0: of Gallows humor of the villains
1: so it's there are kind of there are kind of are a little more difficult to compare side by side but which one which one do you prefer which one do you like more
0: uh that's really tough because i'm a sucker for the big action scenes Uh, of John Woo and also um, Arnold Voslow and Lance
1: Henriksen make great villains whoa did you just see that? I wonder if that was on purpose so Rudger Howard just held up a butterfly inside of a shadow box and through it you could see his face and the butterfly was going over his mouth and it looked exactly like the cover of Silence of the Lambs whoa probably a coincidence probably Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Back to... Back to... Hard oh, target yeah. So, versus...
0: usually hard target, but if I was going to show one of my friends a hunting people for sport movie, um, I would probably show them this. Mm-hmm. Because it's... Uh, I think it's a more complete entry. And... Uh, less of a kind of silly over the top action movie. Yeah. Because Hard target's a lot of fun but you've got Van Damme you know punching a snake and yeah, Wil- not... Wilford Brimley riding a horse and shooting a bow and arrow. With a Cajun accent. Yeah. So. Like,
1: I, uh, I would say like yeah I kind of agree with this you. This is a
0: really well made
1: movie. Yeah. And they're both well made movies but I would like like uh our target's more of a party movie, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's for a movie that, sure. like, like, like right now we're talking about this movie, and we're not really. I mean, we're watching it, and it's, if we hadn't seen this movie several times, we'd have no idea what's going on because you really have to listen to this movie. I mean, you know that he's being hunted, but the but the character dynamics, all those things. Well, and that's the fun part. If imagine watching this movie without the sound on,
0: right, and no subtitles, and. Um, you would get a strong sense of what's happening. Oh yes, absolutely. And then it's, it's a, y- when you watch it again with, the, you know, the sound on and mm-hmm. understanding like everything, there's so many
1: layers to right. it. Right. I'm just saying, like, if you're not like, if you're not focused on this movie, you're gonna miss. Like, if you were just watching this in the background while hanging out with friends at a yeah. party, you would miss a lot of what's going on. You'd like turn around and be like, "Wait, who is this? What's happening?" Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, where, yeah, hard, hard target, target. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's, he's doing a roundhouse kick. You know, yeah. he's doing the splits. He's he's punching a snake unconscious with his fists and then biting his rattle off. You know, it has, like, moments that even if you're completely removed from what's going on, you can just be like, ah look at that. Yeah, you know? there's definitely those sort of entertainment spikes where you
0: can ignore it for a little while and you're not missing anything. Yeah. It's pretty pretty inconsequential. I
1: feel, I feel though, in terms of... Uh, now we we backtracking just a little bit. Well, you and I have talked about this before. John Woo, who directed Hard Target, totally knows how to use Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, he's, them, he's one know? of the best. You know, it's like I love Jean Claude Van Damme, but he is not someone who I think can necessarily carry something entirely on his own. No, you know what I mean. Like I think when he he has to be utilized properly, and when he's not, it's his charm alone won't sell the movie whereas like maybe the rocks will or arnold schwarzenegger's yeah will but if yeah he, he has to be he has to be sold you know and john Woo knows exactly how to exploit him how to be like okay this is what you're good at this yeah is, a little this bit of restraint moment. goes a long way mm-hmm. when you're handling sean claude van damme ice
0: t on the contrary as a leading man is uh he's he's got money written all over
1: him right well, and it's like you said, like, it just turns about, like, you could watch this movie with a sound off and get one thing out of it and still know what's going on, which is a, a testament to good storytelling, you know? <laughs> this is one thing I forgot about. Gary
0: Busey is wearing, like, some kind of... The, uh, f- the fringe and stuff? Yeah, some kind of fringe, like, jacket, and he's got, like, war paint all over his face. Yeah. And he's carrying a crossbow. Is that war paint or
1: blood? It is war... Well, it's war paint. It's war yeah, paint. because it's, like, yellow and... They actually, these guys kind of look. F. <laughs> Murray Abraham's wearing like old timey motorcycle. They like kind of look like the different characters from Predator right now. Oh yeah, they do. Like Charles S. Dutton kind of looks like Dutch. John C. McGinley looks like Jesse Ventura. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like these arch archetypes of like badass guys. Oh, definitely. But it's like the it's reversal. Whereas in like Predator, they're the, those are the guys that are being hunted, and now these are the these are the bad guys. Yeah. Um. But no, this like this movie in this one. Oh my god, I forgot about uh, this. Oh, this this scene is straight out of uh, the most dangerous game. Ah, that's that where they they discover the trophy room with the heads and jars. That's how they discover that uh, they're like they're like that they're going to be hunted. Is he takes them to this room? This is a great reveal. Actually. Oh, it's awesome. This is like a, a, a like
0: straight up horror movie moment.
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: And it, but it works in a and I see his reaction to. Finding a closet full of perfectly preserved severed heads is to burn the cabin down.
1: Fuck yeah! Uh, But this, yeah, this movie works on the action level. Movies. Him
0: dumping gasoline onto the (laughs) chessboard seems like that. That's a metaphor that I am gonna think about for. Days.
1: I'm gonna think about it for about thirty seconds. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, it's definitely a metaphor for the the game of chess they're playing, and how yeah. he's he's upsetting the rules because they even yeah. said like, oh, he went back to the cabin. No one's ever done that before. But I, that's about the extent to which I'm going to think about it, which is a little surprising, as like these guys are
0: CIA. Uh huh. I, I guess that points to them having. Are done they it?
1: all CIA? Because I, I feel like I feel like John C. McGinley's character isn't. I think is a doctor, or maybe the yeah. like F. Murray Abraham's character. I think the only one who's CIA might be the only, the only, the, uh. Gary Busey is. And Charles S. Dyden. Yeah. Okay, so those are the only CIA guys.
0: Wow, Gary Busey just threw away his knife. He's a
1: man of honor. Mm-hmm. I think he's not in this one honor. I think he's just going to take, he thinks he'll just take pleasure out of killing with his, with his hands. Yes. You know? Um. But yeah, this is way more nuanced in terms of character.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that implies that um, these guys have been doing this for a while, and now they've gotten lazy, because it seems so inconceivable to them that someone would double back on them. Well, I think maybe it's just... like they—they just—they have such a low
1: opinion of their right, whoever they're hunting. That mm-hmm. well, I—I I don't think they're—they're. They're, uh... Totally shocked by it. They're just, they, they figure it out relatively quickly. It's yeah. just one something they weren't anticipating because no one's ever done it, you know. Uh, once the once they realize what's happened, that you know, they're But yeah, there probably is a a, a level of like cockiness and uh, like you said, laziness to yeah. it. Whereas like they they—I mean that's how how in like things like this, how the villains you know often are defeated. Is through their own hubris, you know. Yes. When they're more, they may be more powerful. They may be have the advantage in every way, but they underestimate uh, the the protagonist. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great line. Like <laughs> my new Yeah, later. Gary Busey is going to cook and eat iced tea. I believe that would uh, would happen. <laughs> <laughs> try well done bitch dude that's one thing that's great about this movie it incorporates a lot of like the like the genre like classic genre oh things. yeah like the one liners the you know like you said that's a great horror movie moment when yes. he goes in and finds the the head the room full of heads in the jars but it's also rings true to the story you know if there was these actual group of like millionaires hunting guys It seems very conceivable that they would have that room, you know? So the shock of it is in the genuine horror of that situation if you saw that in in real life, not Freddy Cougar coming up out of the TV and yelling, like, welcome (laughs) to primetime, you know? The cabin
0: has burned down at a geometric rate. Mm -hmm. It has likely only been a couple hours and the entire structure is gone. I watched my neighbor's house burn down one time and oh, it really? took
1: forever. Yeah, when I was... One of my earliest memories was uh, um, when I was a kid our garage caught on fire mm. and I remember like really specifically my I was in bed like I was like four years old three or four years old and my mom was uh, uh, reading me a bedtime story or some bullshit and she was like I smell something and then we went outside and there was uh, the, the garage is on fire and I remember our neighbors came over and offered to let us come over to their house hmm. uh, which was really nice but we, it was na- neighbors we had never met or at least I didn't know who they were
0: <laughs> hey couldn't help but notice your uh, your garage yeah. on fire there uh, uh,
1: perhaps you'd like to come over and have a sit down pretty, pretty much
0: instead of you know I don't but, know calling the fire department
1: well no the fire department was there the fire department was there they were putting out the fire and we couldn't go. I think we could. They wouldn't let us go back into our house at the time because uh, it was actually in a, uh, it was like a small apartment building. Well, it was like it. there was like six apartments and then this garage that had a handful of cars in them. So they wouldn't let us go back into the building because there was a fire spread or whatever. Yeah. But I remember specifically, like the person being like, "Come on, you can go to our house. We have air conditioning." Or like we don't. Or it's like. You either had hair conditioning or like we have like a heater, and I was just like, thinking like so. I was like, <laughs> I was like three years old. I was like, yeah, it's a house. <laughs> uh... Is this, is this going to be? Is this one of those classic jump into the uh, awful waterfall scenes that are always in these movies where someone's being chased in the woods? Yeah, it's definitely that moment where it's like, oh, they're gonna catch me. I better. Jump off the water, yeah. jump off the cliff. and I don't know. So this is in like every single one of these oh, movies. Yeah. Every single one of these movies. Uh, I don't know if I saw a movie that didn't have one, if it would be like, oh, wow, it's refreshing. This is a twist. Or I'd be disappointed because it is now so cliché. Yeah. and But that it's not even like cliché anymore. It's just kind of like a rite of passage. I mean, it's, it, a, and it's kind of an essential moment. Like you...
0: You can't keep suspending your disbelief unless someone does that. Yeah. Because anyone in that situation would choose to jump into a body of water, than stand there and get shot. Right. And you know, maybe well, yeah, so but I'm just saying, like, what if there just wasn't a cliff
1: with a waterfall? Right. <laughs> right. You know, they never, they never encountered that,
0: <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> what if? Yeah. What if it was just a stream and you had to run down the stream, through like three feet of water for like twenty minutes in order to get to the part that carries
1: you, you mm-hmm. down. Or what if like they in the movie they uh the, they had that scene guy being chased at the waterfall he's like what do i do what do i do what do i do then he says i'm going to do it i got to jump jump, and then his head just hits a rock and his brain spills out of oh him. yeah and <laughs> that's <laughs> the, <laughs> end. the end of
0: the movie is 45 everyone minutes everyone just looks at each other like uh, let's get out of here if i was like if i was i mean where did that start what movie first had the would, first waterfall would,
1: jump was it um Deliverance? No, so they go over a water, like some rapids, some rocky rapids. Yeah. It's, it's not, but it's not, and it's, it's not the, it's not I, the same I think thing. I they it's also not,
0: fall rather than jumping.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, in, they're in a canoe and they just go over and they yeah. fall out of the canoe and just kind of hit. It's not the, uh, like, I have to, to make a decision about jumping off. And it's not nearly as... Uh, High of a waterfall. It's just kind of like one of those little drops in in the river. You know, it's like maybe like ten feet. It's uh, so yeah. Where did it start? I mean, like, it was so commonplace in in, in the nineties. I mean, I the it's really hard to it's really hard to recall what was the first the first one that I can think of was because it's one of those it's one of those things where I just feel like it's. It's something that I've just always seen in movies. Yeah, you know, it's always been there. I, it's like it's like I don't have a I, I, movies I saw when I was really young, like Star Wars or something. I don't have a memory of the first time I saw Star Wars. Star Wars mm-hmm. was just something I've always known. Known the same way, like I've always known my parents. I don't have a recollection of meeting them. Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know. this is this scene right coming up right here with the cigarette is the equivalent of the snake scene in Hard Target I only wish that Ice-T had punched the cigarette to put it to sleep <laughs> John C. McGinley got asthma yeah huffing on his inhaler making me wonder if he wasn't glaring at Ice-T through the first half of the movie because he just couldn't breathe yeah or he because oh, he's, he's like smoking all the cigarettes he's so offended by all the smoking I feel like he all you have. He is de- dressed like Alan Grant from Jurassic Park, and carrying that uh, the shotgun uh, that Robert Muldoon carries in Jurassic... He's some kind of fusion of those two characters. Yeah. I feel like. Rutger Howard admires, Ice T's character. Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Dunn stoked too. Yeah. They uh, this their their friend has been murdered in combat and they
1: still have no fear of
0: death. They're still having fun on the hunt.
1: Yeah. I feel like at this point like I feel like with characters like this, even if you have friends you don't really care if they die, like yeah, you just find somebody else. Like you care about you care about your friends dying if you if you have this mentality that you'll hunt people for sport, if your friends die, it's more like it's more like a Man, that was my fucking favorite pair of shoes. Like, I get my dog eat these shoes. <laughs> How did
0: Rutger Hauer spy that trap, but he didn't see Ice-T hiding up in the tree? Well,
1: as we saw earlier, Ice-T can just naturally blend into his That's environment. That's true. He has a natural camouflage. Yes. They also
0: gave him very earthy tones for his, um, his hunting
1: outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, so okay, so we're talking about this. It's another head start. We're talking about these movies where people are the hunted, you know, and stuff. And we mentioned Predator a couple times, where the Predator is, you know, hunting and stalking yes. all these 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 human beings. And we also mentioned now how kind of we jokingly mentioned that Icy has this natural cloaking kind of ability, like the Predator. Yes. New trailer for a Predator movie came out today. Uh it kind of looks like a lot of this, you know, same old thing. Yes, today being a day in May. A day in May. What if the if they made a Predator movie where the Predator was the who we were identifying with? Like oh, the Predator becomes the hunted. The hunted. You know, like what if it was like the Predator went to some planet
0: to hunt you know and became overwhelmed. I don't think that would work, honestly. I don't think that the very nature of the character is that it has a mystique and is in the shadows and is always one step ahead mm-hmm. and maybe falls into that same category as the the seasoned hunter that eventually overestimates his right. prey and then falls to it but uh yeah i don't think a um sort of a the predator working from underneath as they say would necessarily be interesting i don't know especially at you know an eight foot tall alien hunter with all these cool gadgets right but like, i'm saying like that
1: alien like this is what i'm talking maybe about maybe like,
0: strip it of all its weapons and you'd really have to work hard
1: to, i'm saying like what if yeah what if alien what if the predator is coming back for one of his trips you know that's how the movie starts out, him leaving with all these trophies. What yeah. if the predator goes home and gets mugged outside By of another predator? outside of his apartment? Like you find out that the predator from the all of the predator movies, like the one the hunting uh Arnold Schwarzenegger is
0: actually kind of a small predator. Yeah, like a runty predator like, that yeah, gets assaulted, has his, you know, plasma cannon taken yeah, away. Like on his planet, on his planet, he's a weakling. Yeah, gets like alien feces rubbed in but his But I'm eye. saying that
1: you could do something like that where it's like this movie starts out predators just cleaned up on Earth. You know he's like got all his human trophies. He's hopping on a spaceship. He's going back to his planet. Spaceship gets a flat, uh, whatever the spaceship equivalent of a flat tire is. Crash lands on a different planet, right? He loses everything. All his weapons are broken. He can't contact home, and he's on a planet with much fiercer aliens. And now he's the hunt. And now he's the hunted. That could be a good movie.
0: It could be. Why didn't you make it? Well, what are you waiting for? I'm
1: throwing this out there. Uh, whatever studio owns the rights to Predator. Steal this idea. Steal this idea. At I least got it all figured out. I won't out. be mad. Uh, all I request is... I don't have any requests. I don't know. I have no request I just want to watch this movie
0: just make a movie
1: if you want if you have a character in it at some point like a scientist named Elliot Gorman you know <laughs> instead of Elliot Greenman just kind of like a, a subtle nod like I'll, I'll I'll be happy with that so they see where he is right they know where he is but they're are they waiting to ambush him yeah, they think they're so much smarter than him.
0: But his aforementioned street smarts are going to pay off. This is actually a a, a pretty inspired decision, having Ice-T kidnap John C. McGinley and mm-hmm. hold him hostage in this cave. Like, it's like a fun Perfect Strangers kind of scenario.
1: Yeah. Well, it is also, I mean, I think, isn't this the part where he starts looking at uh, uh, Icy's character as a human as he starts to get to know him, right? Doesn't that happen in this scene? I don't know. The, the, I think he ends up helping him in some small way, if I recall. Hmm. Uh, which I think maybe if it, you want to talk about metaphors and stuff in this movie, like that could play a lot, you know, a large, that's obviously the and is just the faceless homeless people and the hunters don't give a shit about them right because they don't even look at them as human so mm-hmm. this could be a reflection this could be an intentional not just as a plot device but as a reflection of like hey maybe if we look at people I do I'm just going to stop talking
0: John C. McKinley wants to die I mean if you were he's talk- tired of having asthma he's tired of getting beaten up by poor people he wants to die Yeah, I mean, if you were John C. McGinley, wouldn't you want to die? No, man, he's no? a
1: good-looking guy with a cool-sounding voice. He does have a cool-sounding voice. He looks kind of like a like a if a dolphin and a chipmunk. Yeah, mixed. Like a Disney uh, character come to life. What is your favorite John C. McGinley role? <sighs> Probably Point Break. I was going to say that. That is one of easily one of his best yeah he's got
0: great lines and makes a great antagonist Mm -hmm. um, for Gary Busey and Keanu
1: Reeves this one's pretty good though too Uh, something I feel like I'm forgetting that I really like him in whatever
0: Uh, he was on the rock. He was in the rock. Yeah. Was he in the rock? He's just one of the bad Marines. He is. Yeah. Briefly. Um. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Well, we're getting some heavy backstory exposition from Ice T about what happened to his family. You learn how he got those burns. He was trying to make it in this. Stupid capitalist system just trying to get by. I told my girl to get
1: around He blames himself for what happens. Yeah. So one day I come home
0: late and I see this
2: commotion
0: out on the street. And I'm looking and I notice Yeah, he's his acting is good in the scene. He's being very descriptive, even though he doesn't need to be with some guy who wants him dead. But it's like he's working through it. Oh yeah, like this is huge. This is this is his
1: catharsis. Yeah. Talk about lighting. Yeah, that's incredible. That's the New Line vibe. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. That all the that like you talk about New Line cinema like when I was younger like I always could look at certain movies and say yo that's a New Line movie because they had that kind of that weird backlighting uh-huh. and it started like way back in the eighties. Oh yeah. Pretty wild. And even like Rennie Harlan helped contribute
1: to that and mm-hmm. some other people. Uh, I mean. uh... That opening dream sequence in uh what's why can't I think of the name of this Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes, that's correct. Yes, that is filled with that, uh, where Robert Englund plays the world's clumsiest home invader. Yes, you know what I realized
0: in uh, in the Dream Child, hmm. um, they made the Freddy makeup look like Whit Hertford. <laughs> It's the spookiest thing. If you look at some of the promotional photos and things like that, like it's visibly they're like, "Yo, we're gonna make this like." Freddy looked just like this weird kid.
1: they cast what hurt and they're like, "Ooh, jeez!" They're like, "Whoa, you're way scarier." Stand still, kid. We got an idea. <laughs> you're way scarier than <laughs> <laughs> than this burnt murderer.
0: Reinventing the whole look. Uh, if you're will if you're listening, wit. You look like Freddy Krueger. Wow, John C. McGinley has had a, one of his patented changes of heart.
1: Why is Charles just done it now? All of a sudden, just like, yeah, let's let's not. Or he's just, oh, I, I think, think he's just tired. I think, yeah, he wants to go home. Yeah, he's like, mm, yeah, whatever. I mean, also, not to mention that if they just left him in the woods, which is what they would do, no matter how resourceful. Uh, uh, Ice-T's character is he's, They had to fly out to this In a, like a small plane There's no way he'd get Yeah where is to... he going
0: Yeah The cabins burned down They yeah. have nothing No resources That was an incredible shot
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> his voice Dan not do something that is absolutely how wild. great would have this movie have been if instead of that c- character wit Hertford was pl- cast the son? and he only would have been about 12 yes. when this movie came out but man what if I feel like Whit Hertford at 12 could play a much older man yes he could go either way yeah like I, I'm surprised we didn't see a movie from the you know from the early 90s where it was like you know like a jack type scenario. Where the Wood Hertford played a 50-year-old man. Yeah, some who, kind of a man baby that's right. hunted for sport. Hunted for sport, or just like like he's like, I got a plan. I can I can I can solve this crime if I go to school and pretend to be a kid. Yes, you know? Under
0: undercover man.
1: Yeah. If Wood Hertford hadn't blocked me on all forms of social media, Yes. I would propitch this idea to him. Well, you really ruffled his feathers, man. Yeah. Just,
0: I mean, <laughs> What was the shine off of? It looked like he was holding up
1: a mirror. It was just, it was just the, that gun is polished <laughs> so well. You know, Whoa! You know, John C. McGinley, that's John C. McGinley's gun. He's never done this before. Dutton just dropped an F-bomb. That what was, was that for? The F-bomb? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, people swear all the time. I mean, uh, not
0: not like, fuck, I'm talking about the other F-word. The lady like, called him a faggot? Yeah.
1: I missed that. That that seemed like actually weirdly out of place. I don't know. This movie's made in the early '90s. I feel like this was like, I think this was the last. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it, that was like a late '80s thing, but oh, they said that all in the in the movie in the '80s. That was just like, if they didn't say that, you were just like, what, what's what's happening? But usually, that was saved for like sort of.
0: Like privileged college bullies and things like that versus these guys who seem
1: I don't know. What about a weird science? That one part where he's just like sticks out. And weird science when all the mutants come out of the out of the portal. Yeah. And he's like, Get you and your faggot friends out of here <laughs> And that's and that's the hero of the movie. That's weird. The hero of the movie says that. I right? knew there was a reason I haven't watched that
0: movie in a, since I saw it as a kid. It's funny to go back and look at a lot of those '80s kind of popular movies like Weird Science and Back to the Future and uh, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and, and just like all of like the John Hughes movies like they
1: the rampant homophobia as you get, racism sexism as
0: you get older you're like look at all these rich whining suburban kids like all those
1: movies like yeah and John Hughes movies they, hell where they are like. Ferris Bueller is like a sociopath. Like He oh, grew yeah. up to
0: be Patrick Bateman. Yeah.
1: He grew up to be Patrick Bateman. Anyway,
0: but uh, yeah, so far the, this movie is... I don't know, it just seemed pretty out of place.
1: I guess so. I guess. But now they're running through three feet of water just like I hoped. I don't know. I just kind of feel like... Callback. I don't think it's that... I think it's a... For a rich bad guy to say, at this stage of the game, at the, this time, that character's age, I'm surprised you didn't say it sooner. Yeah. You know? I mean, I just... I just... I can't... You know, I mean, like, you've, you've run into men who would... Be, I mean, who are now older than this, but would have been this age at the time this movie was made, and you're talking to these old men, and out of... For no reason at all, they say it, and you're just like, Whoa, dude, what's up? And they're like, What? And I was like, It's not 1902 anymore. Yeah. Well, it's like, What? Blah, 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 you know? And you're like, Yeah, thing, even Fred Decker was
0: like, Oh my god. Uh, even Fred Decker was like, Hey, I wrote some stuff in Monster Squad that was kind of like stupid, but you know, we were idiot kids, and that's how we talked. Yeah. So I'm just going off of experience. Right, yeah. So, but, so-
1: I mean, yeah, kids do talk like that, especially, especially at that time period. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's very. I'm surprised that these that these old these old white dudes weren't just kind of saying. Well, I guess Charles Esten is white, but all these old rich dudes weren't just saying it the entire time. Right.
0: Well, I'm wondering if it was just sort of a uh, a way to build up um, a little bit of extra hatred for him. Uh, so that you're satisfied when he gets his... <laughs> legs just blown off. Yeah, his the fuck entire hindquarters blown uh. off.
1: Also, okay, so this moved
0: the is way... Is Rutger Howard mercy, mercy killing him?
1: Yes, but I don't think that would kill anyone. Look at this Oakley product placement right here. Oh, there. yeah. That is... The sunglasses and they pay for that? <laughs> They're
0: like, yes, we want our shades visible... As Rutger Howard, his friends. I I feel
1: like Oakley would be like, can you please take those out? (laughs) I wonder if they even knew. Although, probably whoever owns Oakley was just like, Oh, this is, yeah. Oh, you're doing a hunting movie? Yeah. Oh, no. Here's some stuff. This was probably based on the owner of Oakley. I'm, he, oh, his origin story? He probably... That's just like, <laughs> me and my friend. <laughs> he hunts like poor people for sport. And he's just like, he thought these were the heroes of the movie. He wanted that shot in there because he's like, this is such a tragic death of, of my hunting buddy. <laughs> when I first started this business, we started out hunting people
0: for sport, and we said, these hunting glasses are awful. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> so we made our own
1: what do you think the worst hunting people for sport type movie is oh I've seen some pretty bad ones I'm trying to think and I can't think of I can't honestly think of one that I've seen that I don't enjoy on at least some level and maybe I just haven't seen one that's bad enough. I mean, would you call the Running Man a hunting
0: people for a sport movie? Cuz I mean the the idea of a game show is pretty sportsmanlike. It's I would but say that's not bad.
1: I would say it's in the what? it's in the same ballpark. Yes. Hold on. Oh, Fortress. Fortress, I never saw Fortress. Wait, I thought that was a prison movie. Well Isn't it like a future prison movie? Do they make do they hunt people for sport in it? Is there a battle royale? Uh I know there's some weird Australian. I never saw it, but there's some weird Australian uh, hunting people movie yeah movie? it's, it's called, called turkey shoot turkey shoot. Yeah. shoot that has like a werewolf in it or something yeah honestly that's what I would
0: like to see it's like a monster squad type movie where it's monsters hunting yeah it's like universal monsters hunting people like horror fans they're hunting horror fans yes what about
1: what's that movie slashers Oh, I remember with seeing-
0: the with the dwarf throwing the plates and like the monster truck. I don't. I just remember like seeing that. Chad Opitz knows what I'm talking. He about He was all Opitz. about that movie. Call into the station. Let's get you on the horn. Talk about this movie. What do you
1: want? Him to, what do you want to know about? it? I can just text him right now.
0: No, I want him to call in. It, we- Slashers, meaning your slashers, meaning your slashes, slashes, super fun. So Slashers is indeed super fun. And uh very underrated film. Some pretty rad gore effects considering the budget. Acting sometimes is really shitty. Uh but cool music and the people that play the slashers are really good. Uh, Definitely worth watching. Uh, Despite the very, very obviously low budget, it is a fun time, and they do a lot of interesting things with that
1: concept.
2: Bye.
0: Super fun.
1: No desire to see it. Look how proud F. Murray Abraham is of his son climbing on a, a fallen down tree. Here's
0: one. According to uh, The Mirror UK, hunting humans as an underground sport could happen as early as 2100, a report suggests. I
1: mean, how do you know it's oriented? Set to
0: become a big business for the super rich. This is crazy. This is literally
1: a story in in the the mirror. mirror. Also though, how do we know this? Within the next 100 years. How do we already know it's not already an underground sport? That would right. make it an underground sport, the fact that we don't know about it.
0: Well, until Vice does a like an expose on it, it's oh, not. Yeah, official. that's
1: true. That's true. Dude, look at that that's scream incredible. from F. Murray Abraham. He's not even dead. Mm
2: mm.
1: His oh, wait. You no, know, his son just died. His son fell off that tree. Oh, got it. This scene looks
0: like straight out of cliffhanger but with no snow. Mm-hmm. That's another great movie. But
1: look at this uh, yeah. Here's a bunch of you probably brought up a whole lynch list. Deadly Prey, haven't seen that. Run for the Sun, haven't seen that. Game of Death. Not the not the uh, not the Bruce Lee Game of Death, but some other one. Oh,
0: um, uh, this movie, Mean Guns, mm-hmm. from 1997, which co- coincidentally stars Ice T. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's the First Blood moment with uh, Ice T falling into the tree branch. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, mean Guns, uh, though, is an Elbert Pune movie where it's essentially gangsters in a battle royale type situation.
1: On purpose or just by coincidence?
0: Well, Ice T is like a crime lord and he wants the top talent. Um, and also wants to weed out any sort of. Uh,
1: oh, so he makes them compete.
0: rats. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So they all compete, battle to the death, and have you seen that? Uh, yes, I have. It's actually on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, is it good? It, it's interesting. It's an Albert Pugh movie, so it's uh, it's definitely <laughs> it's stylish. It's definitely earnest. <laughs> it's, anything else? <laughs> it's shot in like a kind of frantic, kinetic, like quote-unquote, MTV style. And then it's also, like, a full-frame presentation versus, like, widescreen or any of that. So it's it's not the easiest thing to watch, but, mm. like, creatively, it's... I think it's a lot of fun. Plus, Christopher Lambert during this time was... I mean, he's top-notch. I'm pretty sure he was doing a lot of cocaine, and it was a lot of him just laughing and cackling and...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, French wisecracks.
1: I love about Albert Pune is like... I, there's a few of his movies that I, I genuinely like, you know, but most of his movies are pretty poorly made. But when you listen to him talk about them, he's so earnest about them and often thinks like really bad stuff is great. Yeah. not great. Or even when he's criticizing something like he did, he did, he did the, uh, there was a direct to video Captain America movie. Yes. That came out in the early nineties and which I really enjoy as a bad movie. Uh, but I was watching an interview of him talking about it, and he goes like, "You know, uh, you know, like yeah, he wasn't pleased with how the movie came out because of studio interference." And he was like, "Well, they made me cut this scene that really expanded upon like his home life, and this scene here." And I was like, "Even if those scenes had been in there, if the other scenes that were in the movie that we saw." were in his original cut of the movie, then it wasn't a good movie. You know, there was no there was no way to redeem redeem it through another cut. No, and that is unfortunate because he he's had such an
0: interesting career where it's almost like he worked backwards. His first movie was his most financially like commercially successful,
1: and well, that's his, his first movie, his very first movie, Sword and the Sorcerer. Yeah, that's his most financially. Oh yeah, I'd say Cyborg isn't no. Really, I mean, maybe if you
0: count like uh, you video sales and DVD and and everything but kind the, of leading but up, but theatrical. oh, one hundred percent. I mean, and he, I mean, though his first, you know, four or five movies mm-hmm. were his most well known, and then after that, it just sort of was definitely a decline. Yeah, and it, and it sort of there was a parallel to the decline in quality of movies along with his. Physical health, unfortunately.
1: I, I do th- I think that's kind of common though from a lot of for a lot of eighties uh, B movie directors, and you'll see like the like, a lot of them will have you. Know, and when I say B movies, I don't even necessarily mean like sometimes even like bigger budgeted B movies. You know, they'll have these. There'll be a lot of directors from the eighties who had like some really solid genre pictures, and then you'll be like, oh, whatever happened to them? If you go and look at their filmography on like IMDb or something. They're still working, but they're just the ones who are making those uh like super super cheap sci-fi mo- channel uh horror movies that are like like dinosaur bones come to life or bird demic and stuff Carnosaur. like car- yeah. Lady scientist gives birth to dinosaur egg. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm talking even cheaper than that. I'm talking like straight up where it's just Those ones, you know, like the, like uh, Carnosaur Three, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like Mega Shark versus Dinosaur Octopus. You know, I mean, I'm pretty
0: sure the the first Carnosaur ends with a awful like Richard Corman T Rex puppet fighting a um, Richard bulldozer. Roger Corman. Is this a? I'm looking at Avenging (laughs) Force starring Michael Dudikoff. I don't know if this is a humans. Wow, this is literally... They remade this as Hard Target. Martial arts expert Matt Hunter was one of the most promising operatives in Army Intelligence until his parents were killed by terrorists, and he retired to the family's farm in Louisiana to take care of his 12-year-old sister Sarah and their grandfather Jimmy. Huh. This is insane. Um, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans. I can't even do this right now. We're going to talk about Avenging Force starring Michael Dudikoff. And maybe the entire Michael Dudikoff uh, body the of work.
1: Body of work, yeah.
0: I love Michael Dudikoff. The dude. Anyways, back to... Surviving the game. Surviving the game. It is nighttime, looking like a Tales from the Crypt episode. And F. Murray Abraham is... About to die. Hand to hand. Yeah, Ice T has become a shadow, and I'm pretty sure this was shot during the daytime, with filters. Oh, it definitely was. Is that Roger Howard just watching the whole thing? Oh yeah, you better believe it. He's pulling a, pulling a Dutch Schaefer. He's just covered in, covered in, the woods. Yeah,
1: well that's what. Oh, it's that's a. Ice T's doing that too. He was wearing all. Yeah. Dirt-hubes smeared his face with dirt. I like
0: where this is building. Like, the two predators, if you will, are set to face off. Although, it's odd that F. Marie Abraham is giving him so much trouble in this fight.
1: Uh... Did he just break he his just neck broke in a, one he punch? Broke a, yeah, you're like... I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm surprised if he we was giving so much trouble and then he just punched him and broke his neck. Yeah. So.
0: I t is unleashing the beast from yeah. within and now Rudger Hauer is fleeing the scene. Maybe setting up for a trap, I don't know. I can't remember.
1: Oh, I think Rudger Howard is just like, uh, maybe, that, maybe I should rethink this. Oh, what's he gonna do? Go back to the plane? Man, it got I daytime so. quick!
0: Yeah, it's like literally we just watched the sun come up. Like... <sighs> That's pretty good, though. I'm kind of impressed with the effect.
1: Yeah, oh, that just seems to be the fastest morning I've ever oh, seen. Oh, he is in the plane! Gonna, yeah. Well, yippee-ki-yay,
0: mister Falcon.
1: It seems just so good. You don't even want to talk about it. How did he get out of the
0: plane so quickly?
1: And he just blew up a plane with three it's a bullets. Great
0: explosion.
1: What's wrong with his eyes? He's a replicant. Holy shit. He's 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 uh, reprising his ro- role of Roy. Badden yeah, apparently from, he's seen things you people wouldn't believe. Yeah. Time to fly. Where was that other airplane come from? I don't know. Did was there always? Did they arrive in two separate airplanes? It's, uh, ooh, am I am I making a leap here
0: that? Him just assuming that Ice T is dead here, and flying off without. Checking for the a body. I don't is... think he's
1: worried about that because he was he was going he was gonna try and get away from him anyway.
0: Yeah, I guess if he he gets away on the plane, then there's really no chance of survival. Yeah, I think that's just here. well,
1: he's underestimated him before. I have a feeling, ice he's gonna make it back to the city. Yeah, this
0: is like a, a Dark Knight Rises type scenario.
1: Yes, like Bruce Wayne in the hole. But I would I would say though it's a fair assumption, even if he didn't
0: see. Also, this shot right out of Predator 2 with this man rising from the grave. When's I literally Pred- rising from the grave When's that in Predator 2. Uh, right at the end when Danny Glover gets gets uh, uh
1: he comes out of, he comes out from a pile of dirt.
0: Yeah, the um, the the predators kind of smoke the tires as it were on their spaceship and he gets covered in dust Oh, just rises up. Although this is a little bit more dramatic with the uh, the slow motion. This is awesome. This is such a well-made movie. Mm -hmm. Smash cut, we're back in the city. The urban jungle, if you will. Seattle, three days later. Oh, I didn't know this took place in Seattle. No kidding. That's
1: not Seattle. Is that Seattle?
0: Yeah, that's Smith Tower right there. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Rutger Hauer is becoming a priest? Yeah. He's becoming the priest from Sin City. Dude. Hell's Hell's Canyon Outfitters.
1: Melinda Wolf is on the phone. Have you seen Ice Tea lately? I've been looking for him. I feel like a better disguise than like painting your mustache black with a paintbrush would just be to shave off your mustache. Yeah. But maybe not. I don't know. Also, I mean, yeah, he's he's. Oh, I guess you'd have to explain why all of his friends are dead. I was yes. Be like,
0: it's time to disappear. Probably headed to South America.
1: Although, mm. if he's with this, in the CIA, I don't think he could have covered this up pretty easily.
0: I mean, maybe this is,
1: is off the shelf. Check out that hat. So it said three days later, so however... Can we
0: understand how? Yeah, so that must have been not far away enough. I mean, that must have been in like just a, a like pretty rural part of Washington, they like were, maybe the Olympic Peninsula or were, Vancouver. They were
1: just in Everett. Oh wow,
0: yeah, they could have been. They could have been in like um, um, North Bend. Yeah, they could have. Done, Tiger Mountain,
1: Snoqualmie is only only about forty five minutes away from Seattle. But okay, oh yeah, okay. Why would you t- Why would you take a pl- airplane then, to uh, <laughs> to North Bend from Seattle? <laughs> Maybe it's the fastest way to do it.
2: Mm. I'm
1: gonna say no.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I nice. he's back. Is
0: Ice T actually the crow at this point in the movie? No. Did he die in the wilderness and come
1: back in order to right the wrongs? Only if he's wearing. The only way we'll know for sure is if he's wearing, like, goth makeup in the next scene. If he is, then yes. If he's not, then no. I think the crow might be. One of my most hated movies.
0: Also one of the most underrated film series of all time. I I believe five total films in the series, and each one better than the last.
1: Well, I mean, since the first the one is, like I said, is one of my most hated movies, I guess it wouldn't be that hard for the sequels to be better. Uh, But I have never watched any of the sequels. I've never even made it completely through... The crow. I've probably gotten about two thirds of the way through it.
0: Uh oh! It appears that he's wearing some type of makeup. You know what? That could just be the dirt. That could just be the well, dirt. No, what kind of dirt
1: is that dark? I think. Well, I think
0: we've got a crow scenario. The in crow. Our lives.
1: Have, the crow wears like like pasty white makeup. They'll make him look dead. Ooh yeah. Biting on the ear is something that needs that should happen in more movies. Pray for us sinners. (laughs) it's kind of odd that he did not achieve like a higher level of of fame in the United States yeah it is surprising you know I mean you wouldn't expect him to be a big star but like I'm surprised he didn't play like these villain roles in more in more high profile films you know like kind of like a poor man's Alan Rickman or something you know before Alec Rickman was, like, huge, huge... Well, you know? I would say he's on
0: that level. I'd say he doesn't quite get to, say, like, a Daniel Day-Lewis level because I don't think he has any, like, an absurd reputation or methodology to his performances, but he's a, a good enough actor. I'm not
1: talking about in terms of his skills of acting. I'm just talking in terms of his career. Like, he's a great actor. Oh, who knows? He probably doesn't... Uh,
0: He seems like a man who's like very firmly in control of the choices he
1: makes. So, mm. Ice T just quit smoking. Is he in control of the choices he makes in in the sense of like, does this movie come with a paycheck? I'm in. Yes. Although if you if that's a choice I've made. Although if you put a put his career up against
0: say like Lance. Wait. Mason,
1: why didn't he kill?
0: Oh, because he knew what he was doing. Okay, that's why. How did they shoot this? CGI. How did they get that camera that's in there? That's CGI. That's a giant barrel filled with giant prop bullets and garbage. Would
1: that backfire actually kill a man? Probably not. And I, I, I would say this is probably one of that's probably one of the weakest parts of the movie. Is that could have been a much more f- satisfying final showdown. Yeah. Everything up to that point is significantly better. Or was his end game? Just making Rector
0: Howard look like a fool. Maybe he didn't want him to die. He just wanted him to look stupid firing a jammed gun. Public embarrassment is the ultimate well, no one But no one else is there to see it. Yeah, but he's got the satisfaction you think, of knowing you think, it happened.
1: Do you think any if Ice-T's if, 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 if homeless character goes around and starts telling everybody of his rich buddies about that, he's like, did you know he, he didn't even check the barrel of his gun before shooting it off? Oh, I'm sure word will get around. They wouldn't believe him. He if, won't
0: even have to tell nah. him where does Where does he go from here? So he's just killed off all of these human-hunting rich folks and um, walked off into the night. He's just going back to that junkyard, You think so?
1: Yeah. He has no money, no prospects. Like, this was supposed to be his big job opportunity, was going out into the woods with them to be their guide for some reason, even though he had no hmm. bad experience. I wonder what the sequel would be to this, where it's just a... It's just a a family drama about him pulling himself back up by his bootstraps
0: well he probably has a new family and children Mm -hmm. but his children get mixed up in hunting humans for sport at their like at like a private high school in the northeast
1: like they're doing the hunting
0: or or they're they're doing the hunting like it's an after school club so he has to go and fight his own children yeah and teach them a lesson and do some serious parenting dude I would watch that movie it seems okay.
1: Well, we did it. We did our first DVD commentary. Yeah,
0: that was surviving the game. Hopefully, you survived this commentary. Yeah. How do, you, how, <laughs> how do you How do you feel it went, Keith?
1: Uh, pretty well. There was some pretty incredible tangents. I think if someone was watching along, they're going to enjoy what we just did. If someone's just listening to it, they're gonna be good luck. Yeah, good luck. Maybe we'll put a disclaimer at the beginning of this. I don't know, maybe we won't. Let people go on a wild ride for themselves. Yeah, I think
0: it's a ride worth taking. Make up your own mind. Alright, well... You can block us later.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this movie. These, these credits are pretty s- standard. No after after seen scenes. After-credit scenes. Oh yeah, Sam Jackson's not going to show up? No. This is not part of the... Ooh, that would be so good. That would be such a deep cut.
0: That would be pretty incredible. Well, like I said earlier, 27%, 47% on the stupid tomato meter. Well, guess what? We've got something called mm-hmm. the trash meter Yes. And the trash meter says that this movie is 10 out of 10 gun barrels filled with trash. I'm going to give
1: it... Eight point five gun barrels. I, I like it a lot, but I'm not gonna give it a solid solid ten. Stop taking their side, Elliot. No, I'm I'm, I'm significantly higher. They don't they would, they would they would at most they would give it forty seven yeah, percent. I think we can
0: I think we can both agree that surviving the game is an incredible uh movie experience. Yes. And if you haven't already, subject yourself and your friends to it. It's one of my favorite Why why don't you hunt entertainment for sport Via this movie How about that
1: That is good That is good Well on that note The dumpster is closed Perfect
0: Goodbye everyone See you next time
2: Hey Mason Burns is something you should always do when you find a gun. Say goodbye. Always check.